Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Rob. I'm half of the Wet Jeans Podcast. Andy can't make it right now. He's in court fighting some BS triple homicide case. But we're the Wet Jeans Podcast. If you like non-political, non-racist, intellectual content, give our show a listen, but be prepared to lose some brain cells. Action Park Media. Welcome to Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. Kevin Connolly. It's quiet in here today. It's you know just what? you and I. It's weird. There's a lot of weird things happening in Action Park. Did Media you notice today. anything strange and different about the studio? I noticed a lot of weird. First of all, there's. We went green. We went green with the lights. Oh, okay. The lights, but there's cords everywhere. Well, we're, like, we're messing with the new technology, if you will. And there's some giant screen. I can't even see Scotty's face. You know Scotty's what it is? It's a live anymore. editor. You cut live so we can go to YouTube quicker. Huh. For the fans. Quicker than two years, you mean? Yeah, quicker than... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're waiting. Doug People are waiting for the Doug. YouTube videos. Ooh, Doug, I mean, you know what? Normally, I don't like your digs, but that was pretty funny. I mean, I have to... Like, but what's going on? Are you mad at me? Have you been mad at me? No, I just... I, have I gotten a little version of the... Our relationship is better now, so like... Our, our 2022 version of the silent treatment is different than our 2021 no, version. I'm of not silent a silent treatment. treatment. I think the thing is that people don't understand about me is I'm, I'm, there's a, a lot that people don't understand. I'm a very me. accessible guy. Yes, you as, are. as long as it's a, uh, it, it's a two way street. So we can talk about what happened and the, the situation, but uh, um, I, put I, really, a, I apologize. I really didn't know that that's a, I'm just realizing this morning, I realized that I was getting. So let me mini, explain it. Let mini me explain. No, I just okay. wasn't like, what am I going to talk to you about? I mean, it's like we, we spent days and days on let, let's discuss it. Sometimes so it's not a lot to talk about. We are shooting a new scene. <laughs> I wrote a check for this new scene right, yesterday. Okay. I'm, I'm already like, I'm on the line here. Let's put right. it that way. There's a very good chance. I know. You gave me the pep talk today. Yeah. But the forget talk. the pep talk. There's a good chance. Like I wake up and have nightmares that I'll be 83 and working at Walmart. I'm not kidding. Like the money is going in. I am putting myself on the line. We know we got we know Foxman. In. So, um, even though everybody, I think you and everybody thinks the show is great and uh, I want to make it better. So of course. We're, we're shooting another scene, which I am hoping will literally be the best scene in the show. That was already really good. So we're casting it and you know, we found Tramel Tillman. <laughs> I, some of you who listen to the Ramblon podcast may have heard like the weird editing. Cause I, I and not weird editing because well, the you, editor did trammel, a good job, but Trammel, but, you were saying Trammel. Well, I was calling him by the wrong name. So anyway, uh, hopefully I, I've got it right, but we cast him and then we needed another uh, cast member. So Co Kevin Connolly is both producer star, um, well, that's both. But anyway, that, that's all you that got. That covers a lot. But, uh, <laughs> what the fuck else do you want me to do? You want me to fucking run the uh, Teamster department as well? But so what happened was Stock Tip um, oh, became God. very excited about this role. And what we said he could read for it. I will. Uh, let me let me give a little, preface this with a little bit. In, again, in defense of Doug, not even in defense, but one of the things early on that was made crystal clear on Entourage, there was a rule set in Entourage. Doesn't matter if it's your girlfriend, my mom, it did not matter. If you wanted a friend, because, you know, the actors, everybody's got a friend. A lot of producers, writers, everybody's got a friend. Everybody reads. Yeah. Everybody Unless pays. Unless they're like, you know. Unless it was yeah, Malcolm McDowell, whatever. Yeah. There were exceptions. But for these roles, you set the precedent early and Levinson as well. And that no matter yep. who it was, you had to read. And I also really believe a lot of people believe when there's one, two lines that you can just, Oh, anyone can do uh, it. That and is this not and true. That. that is not but, true. But, um, 
we know from Ramble on, like I, I watched this show Reacher. I saw Harvey Guillen, even though I didn't realize he was already a big star. I thought I discovered him, but he comes in this scene and I still have people three weeks after this screening that are like, that guy needs his own show. By the way, he has like seven of his own shows. But anyway, my point is, is I wanted, we have two more roles in this scene with you. I wanted them to be as good. Right. It's very important to you that the the performance is strong. But my, my point is we talked about a couple actors and I'm going to leave my, a couple of my buddies names out of it. But the people that I suggested are guys with Uh, 75, 80 movie credits, right? right. Now I'm so no, no, not, not saying this at all. And you're like, yeah, I know. Know, and I know that he's done 80 movies. I still need to see him do this material. So it's right. uh, barring, barring whatever. So you, the point is, this is where uh, I now, understand. Now, now I understand. No, no, but it, uh, I'm, I'm complimenting you. So Doug, who will truly, Doug's thought is, what does it matter? Like you, anybody can read, yeah. right? So Doug, Ted Foxman, who finances, finances the show. Doug wants him to read for the role. Not I want him to read for the role. I thought he could be funny, but if he wanted to even attempt to get it, he's got to read for it. And then you were like, well, you know, he didn't want to do it. Of course he doesn't want to read. He doesn't want to audition for his own show, right? He either gets the role or he doesn't. Yeah, I don't don't believe in it. You don't believe in that. Right. Okay. And and by the way, that's fair. And especially like going back to, which we've talked on this show about before, Gary Cole, who, whether he's won an Emmy or not, he deserves Some people just don't care. They love it. Yeah. But like McGinley said on the show too, it's just like, it's part of the game. And again, now when you're talking about a role, this is not a, I hate to say it's not a big role because I actually believe the guy we got is going to fucking crush. Doug, this. it's the old cliche. They're, they're, they're all big roles. Yeah. And I, and I really, right. truly believe that. They're, but anyway, like, this person has to be great. Yeah. And right. that's why I say, so I, I think, and, and I don't want to get in a fight with you about it. I'm not fighting with you. But I'm, I think I'm you recommend, you, you recommended a couple of people, which I a hundred percent believe right. could be great, but I just want to see it. I want to see it. Right. And, and I want to see. So the guy I got, uh, you know, Larry Joe Campbell. Right. Hopefully I say that right, Scotty. He's so good, this guy. And it was actually Ted Foxman's idea. Okay. He was in Wedding Crashers. He's, he makes, oh, yeah, no, he's great. I he, mean, and yeah. he's instantaneous and he's funny and I, I get it. So, and listen, that wasn't a knock. I, I, I guess my point is, is that you've been consistent with this sort of thought or theory yeah. for years, but you'll also quite literally let anybody read. Yeah, yeah. So you told Ted Foxman, the guy that pays for it, hey, you know, you should put yourself on tape. I also paid some. Which is hilarious. More this week. It was hilarious yeah. to me. But Stock Tip Dave... I, did you tell Dave that he, who put that in his head? Dave, I mean, I think, I think that went on uh, at the podcast. And, no, and I, I mentioned it on Ramble on that he wanted to read. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, again, forget, I, I need everybody to understand this and I'm not trying to be rude. The DMs that are coming to me, it, it, it is rude. Like everyone's like, I don't want to be rude, but I don't know how else to do it. Unfortunately, the way to do it is is to submit it properly through right. an agent. That's the best way to do it. I just don't have the time to go through ten thousand, you know, things. I right. wish so I it's did. It's not even anything. And I, I know it always feels like we're picking on Dave, but this, we're just using him as an example yeah. of somebody that you know. I mean, listen, I love Dave. He's just, he's not qualified for it, and uh, the same way that I'm not qualified to do Golf. audio and clips and the things that Dave does, or hockey, I'm not qualified to do like you're not that, qualified for that. You should qualified. You should have had a tryout for the. Adult hockey. Team, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have probably. made the team. Kevin, um, I've got a lot of experience in annoying you, so that's why it was perfect. I know don't, that's what. Are you that's, giving spoilers away? He's that's what. Spoilers that, away. They, I mean, don't give spoilers. By the way, away. he has the script. By this the way, guy, but not to mention he's got the script, but it's got uh, it's watermarked with stock. I know. Dave, so, so what are we gonna we'll do if it gets out there? We're gonna kill him. I'm assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave. So I guess the point is that I know, I know that you're. I know that it's not anything against Dave. The same way I know that about Ted. 
it is a real actor's role. Like yeah. you got to be an actor. You can't. Yeah. You can't just. But I don't know. Somewhere along look, the line, look, I think Dave had a glimmer of hope in his eye that he had a shot at that role. And and also, just so we know, for Dave, Dave did get special access, and I did watch fifteen of his audition tapes. Dave, that was the other thing. Over, My and, God. Over, over and over and over and over again. And again, not making fun of him. Like no. he had the shot, and you get the shot, and it's and and then he did one with sunglasses. Yeah, but my point, I guess, was which now I totally understand and I get it. It's why Connolly and our relationship, I think, is getting better because I have communicating. to. But we, you are a little passive aggressive. You're mad, uh, not mad. You're a little I'm, disappointed that I didn't. No, I didn't no, no. Take I'm not, your suggestion. No, I'm not, that was not the point of my thing. I'm saying that I believe that the person that I suggested for you know as much as you could. Yeah. guarantee anything. I believe that 100% he would have gotten the job done. But the reason why I brought that up is because I was actually complimenting you that you guys set that precedent in 2003 yeah. and you still keep it. But I, I don't know where, maybe Scotty, somewhere along the line, Dave thought, I mean, Dave is walking around with the sides. I mean, I I, I don't know but if there's I, spoilers I, in it. Can we believe... run that clip? Can we, can we run, can we no. do a social clip no, no, with no, the, no, of no. Dave's audition? After we, after we sell this. No, we can't. I mean, maybe we could show his previews and his glasses and his taxi driver moments. And I don't stuff know like that. that that scene ruins anything, but okay. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. We we can't. I mean, and again, as as I love Buck Dave. You know, listen, man. You don't want me running your Coinbase account either, right? But like, <laughs> no, but I just wanted to give it a try. I got excited. You did, and you gave it a try, and I'll give you that, man. You went for it, and you know what? That that's totally fine. Because what I do want to say is, there and you lied are, about your height. There are people that can honestly, um, and I'm not saying Dave's not one of them. like you might be able to act in something, and and Ted also. I said that Foxman as well. Like uh, my friend Joe Vitarelli, who did uh, the music for uh, a little movie called Kissing a Fool. Anyway, Joe is awesome. But he also did like a little movie, like a big movie for something, right? Didn't he's he done do a some... ton of big right, movies, right, right, right. but he did, you know, uh, he did Cassavetti's movie, um, you know, um, that I love, Sean Penn. Oh, uh, uh, She's So Lovely. She's So Lovely, which is an amazing movie. Anyway, Joe's a huge composer and does lots of things, but his father had never acted a day in his life. Right. And um, they were trying to cast State of Grace, which is one of the great gangster movies of all time. Sean Penn. So underrated that it doesn't even come up in the conversation. It's as good as any of them. You can't even get it on iTunes, uh, any streaming service. Sean Penn, Gary Oldman, Robin Wright, they met on that movie. Also, top, all of those actors, top of their game. Ed Harris, top of his game. So, but Joe Vitarelli Sr., who's my friend Joe's father, had never acted, but Sean Penn is great friends with Joe Vitarelli, and he knows his father, and he's like, we can't cast this part. Why don't we just let your father read for it? And anyway, he was the big, heavy-set gangster. Like, he, was he was the, like guy, the boss of Boston. He was the one that everyone was afraid of in State of Grace. Yeah. He was the guy that, after that movie, got analyzed, analyzed this, this, and then the sequel, which which they gave him like $2 million for. He had never acted a day in his life. He was like right. a computer engineer but, or something. But there was, at a certain point, they sat around a table and read it and rehearsed yeah, yeah, it or whatever yeah, yeah. it was. It wasn't like, hey, I'll see you in hair and makeup. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there are some people who can just get in front of a camera. And again, Dave, there might be a role he's more right for. The right. truth is you're not even physically close to what I was looking for for this part. And you'll see when when you see the guy that I actually cast. But you, you did a fine job. But that, my point was with the Connolly situation is Connolly was so happy to talk about Dave's audition, but when I sent him the guy I was going to cast and said, hey, just check out his reel, what do you think? Radio silence. And now I get it. You're a little, and I'm not saying you're mad. You're like, your friend, Doug, which I do believe would be awesome. Doug, but, I swear to God on anything that's important to me yeah. that there were no t- connections between those all things. All right, okay. I got it sort of in the middle of the, of the you got something a lot else. You're no, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in the middle of, there was a lot going on, and I was under the impression that that role, because I was even saying to Dave, I'm like, yo, Dave, 
there is an offer out to an actor on this role. Yeah. It's over. You didn't get the job, bro. You didn't get it. It's over. Oh, here's the other How thing I wanted to say. Right. What you, what Doug wanted to say, and and again, this is, I don't know why I'm defending you after you're attacking me, viciously attacking me. Your thought is like, yo, there's a casting director. This casting director one of the best casting directors in the business, Sheila Jaffe, she will watch the tapes. Yeah. And then when she, if Sheila were to call you and go, yo, you're not going to believe this. I got this guy named Stock Tip Dave. Yeah. Then you're willing to hear that. But yeah. you're a guy in I the system. I don't like the, to be The bi- tapes go to the casting director. I don't director. like to be biased. And honestly, the same way when the show, I mean, we have a mutual friend. We don't need to mention his name. He wanted to write on Entourage. I Mike said- Young? <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't care, Mike, right? Well, I mean, if we're going to tell the story, though, I said, Mike, I can't just jam you in on this show. I have other people that right. Steve Levinson, Mark Wahlberg. I HBO, said, right? HBO. I said, here's what we do. You write a script, an entourage spec. We give it to Levinson with no name on it. And we just say, what do you think? And whatever it is, Levinson, uh, he read like three it, pages right? and he, like he, he okay. shredded it right. and he threw it, it in the trash. And he, so he did. wasn't being biased against Mike. He, he just did didn't like it. like right. the writing like of right. that thing. That's I mean, it. now, is he right or wrong? Mike's made Who nine knows? movies right. since then. So, right. and opened up for Sebastian Maniscalco. Exactly. So, so uh, but, you know, I, I don't like to, because I'm very, you know, I want to make sure that I, of course, I have strong opinions, but when there's a personal connection, I want to make sure those don't get in the way, especially now, not to be an asshole. I got a lot of money on the line here. I got a lot of time on the line and I got a lot of effort on the line. So, yeah. Looking back on victory, let's talk about who got straight offers on Entourage. On, on Entourage. Jeremy. Well, Piven, uh, Piven, right. But I was thinking on the sort of the guest star, but Piven. Yeah. Um, uh, guest stars. But, you know, uh, well, Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. I mean, this, this, you know, so many. Not really so many. A lot of I'm them trying read. To think of the, the big... Malcolm McDowell probably didn't read. No, no, no. no. Right. Um, Beverly D'Angelo. I'd like to think about who those people are, but in the in the just off the top of my head, in I the think. smaller scheme, like Reese Coiro, like red, well, of course, for I mean, Billy the, Walsh. But of I mean, course, but at the time, remember, no, I mean, that's a story. Time, at the time, nobody at the time nobody knew who he was, but. Outside of you being somebody where they're like, boom, this is the guy, and we'd be lucky to have him. Obviously, James Woods was not going to read for no, James Woods. No, no. Like the, the anyone who played themselves out didn't read for it. That'd <laughs> be great. Dice, why don't you read for this? <laughs> but I mean, Reese, I just want to remember his audition. I, I mean, because I do, there's sometimes every once in a while, Kevin Dillon is another one. When Reese auditioned, it was like You just knew. I, I knew I, I didn't I, you say that about me? You didn't audition. Well, I, I, already, I did kind of. Sort of. Right. But I already knew I, I already knew audition. I wanted you. So right. that, that was again right. where it was. But like, like, like Reese dropped out of the sky. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Reese dropped out of the sky. I I thought and still I'm believe. already on the record. My favorite character on Entourage. But I also and, and I believe that's a lot of, of him. You know, Scott Kahn offer. Offer, of course. Yeah. I mean, he was playing. Oh, no, he wasn't playing Scott Kahn, but he was he was uh, an offer. Seth right. Green offer. But Reese. After that audition, we were like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's a star. And when he walked, you remember the first day at craft service yeah. uh, at lunch? He walked out and it just there's something about him. So I still, he's had a good career, but I he's still think career. there's I, big shit ahead for Reese. He's yeah, that good. he's going to land in one of these like weird movies like that somebody falls out of and he's going to get it and he's going to blow up. You know what? Watch. You just need like a role like Kevin Dillon uh, when he played drama. No, you need that role. Yeah, you know, that, so. that role is going to happen for Reese. For but sure. anyway, we got three great guys now. We're 13 days away from shooting it is you know for whatever reason i feel more pressure than i did uh, uh when we started because uh 
now the timeline is like, now we're like four or five months and it's time to go. Right. We have no deals with any actors. I got lunatics outside in the right. world we, causing right. we, trouble. Do you feel like, I don't want to use momentum because at the end of the day, that the final product will speak for itself, yeah. but it's like we were rambling on. That was so yeah. corny, so <laughs> stupid. Um, we were like, we were rolling and then like we shut down, right? To, to cut and figure out what we needed to, to add. Yeah. Um, so in the really in the big picture, it doesn't mean anything, but I feel like you're feeling like maybe we lost a little momentum. I think psychologically momentum is gone. I don't think it matters to the to the world. Not at, at the, the end, end of the day. Yeah, at the mean, end yeah. of the day, they're gonna see it. And I know, provided we nail this scene, which we nailed all the other scenes. So it's just like we just right. gotta nail this scene. And right. the, you know, these two actors who I, you know, obviously I've seen 50 things they've done, and now they gotta meld with my words and hopefully blow up like Carby Gian did. So it's too not it's not it's too late for my buddy that's done 80 movies. <laughs> Should I have him standing by in case this guy is uh, ever... Uh... No, this guy is going to kill it. I mean, but, you know, I, I just, I think also it's like... I can't believe you thought that you correlated well, that... Well, now, see, now that you brought it up again, I still believe it. No, I, believe I, did, it. I, 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 believe I, I didn't because cause here is, I will be honest too, here's the other thing. Like, I bet on this guy so hard that I was thinking like, God forbid. At that point, I didn't even want him to do it. Well, it's because just, I was like, yo, I'm a hundred percent positive. You're like, you're a hundred percent positive. I'm like, well, you can only be a hundred. You can't be a hundred. You can be 99.9% positive. You know I, At that point I was like, dude, you know what? I overhyped this. You know what? I guess part of me, sometimes um, you don't have to look much further than your own backyard is all I'm saying. I, I hear what you're saying. And I just wish you would confess to the fact, and you might be right by the way, because I do actually really trust your instincts with actors. I guess there was something in me that was going. I just, uh, I, I can't explain it. I don't want, basically, I don't want you to have a bias that you may may or may not realize that right. you have. Right, maybe that, and, maybe like he's not as good as I think he is. Yeah, or not for this, or it's different than right. I see it, or, you know, right. anyway, I think we didn't the communicate The only reason well. I was saying that was, and, and obviously you'll see when you see the show, this show is based on an incident that happened in real life, yeah. right? So, tonally, what happened in real life is very specific. And just the, that was that was what my recommendation was based on. That I believe that that my buddy would have understood the sensibility, yeah. and tonally what it was of the of the scene. That's so, all I was. So saying. just so everyone's clear, stressed as I was when I walked in here, I'm now even more stressed. No, no, I, 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 but you know what I'm saying. Like, I do, and also, do. And, and also, you know, just because that was what. I experienced it and you based the scene on doesn't necessarily mean, no. you know, like the famous mushroom scene in uh, Entourage where, where I don't talk, yeah. you know, I remember it was my idea. Yes, like it's a great idea. You, you don't talk. You just cut all your lines out of your episode. People love that. Yeah. But that was based on a, you know, that was based on a real story yeah. about a buddy of mine that did mushrooms and didn't talk. And, and it played out way differently, but it was funny. So, you know, just because something well, happens in real life and triggers a storyline doesn't mean you're trying to recreate that moment. Complete transparency now. Now I know that you're, a, I'm not saying mad at me. You're a little upset. And you might be right. And two, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, right. I'm definitely stressed out now. I think this guy's No, hilarious. I don't mean to be stressed out, but, but I'm you. saying, are, are we going for, you know, as like whatever, I guess whatever's funniest, right? But are we like trying to, you know, recreate the sort of tonally that scene or just whatever's funniest? Well, you got to remember. 
you told me a story. Right. And I wrote it. Right. So I see it how I see it now. Right, right, right. And hopefully... Well, listen, at the end of the day, who gives a shit about my stories? The scene needs to be funny. No, but hopefully it all melds together right. works because when you told me the story, I was laughing my ass off. And every time I think about it, we're talking now, by the way, so just so everyone knows how this <laughs> happened, this scene was already in the show. Right. And then I brought someone in to help me get... The Somebody talked you out of cutting that scene. That, yeah. That and then there. everyone, like Dave Perkle, our cinematographer, which really shows you how collaborative I am. The beginning of this show, the new beginning of this show. Was the original beginning. Right. No, but the beginning of the show that we shot does not work. Right. There's no if ands, or buts It doesn't about work it. as an opening. It doesn't to work. To a show. Yeah, well, it's half of it's in the show now. Like mo right. most of it's most. But what of I'm saying, there's nothing. My point is, there's nothing wrong with the scene. It's just the wrong way to open a show, which is important. Well, whatever. I mean, it, 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 it's it's not in the show, and the opening doesn't work. And now we're going back to while adding some character stuff that I think is necessary for the show. We're bringing this new scene in, but will you have me tell the actor my side of the story, or will you yep, want to keep well, a fresh canvas? Well, did you not get the email today, or yes or no? I, I, you know, I yes, I'm in. Okay. I'm in for that because what we're gonna do is I just want to get on a 20 minute Zoom with the three of us. Okay, just get because I got a hard out at 10:45. <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> It's I do have a hard out it's brutal. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that that this show will be the life changer for Kevin, for myself, for Action Park Media, for Beefy Scotty, for <laughs> fucking Stock Tip. Like it really will. But Kevin, Kevin thinks of it sort of like uh, summer stock theater. I think um, <laughs> you know uh, it, it's very funny. That's but but anyway, we're gonna get there. All right, so let's. Let's move on. 13 days we shoot there. I got to talk about other things. Fucking Jerry Ferrara. I thought we got him as a regular. Where is he? We're bringing a, a, uh, a Jerry Ferrara <laughs> podcast to Action Park Media. Is that right? A he, separate one. Yeah, he's doing wants to do his own. So you don't want, he doesn't want to be on this or you don't want him on it. You want his own spinoff. He's doing, I don't know, he's not really doing a spinoff. He's got a, he's got a very flushed out idea, which I think is amazing. Okay. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, but I'm going to green light a season. <laughs> All right. But it's no, irrelevant. Jerry should be on this show. You you know, I got a call again today, Australia. They want us to come to Australia. And I know if we've got Jerry too, this whole live show be, thing is be, huge. I would be way more comfortable with Jerry in a live show. Yeah. So, well, we need him on this. We need to like start building this. So okay. what you couldn't uh, make a deal or what happened? What do you, we're, no, we're talking about it. We're yeah. talking about it, but yes, uh, I think would the you audience be interested in uh, coming on the other podcast as a guest. <laughs> Listen, I am, I think you know you love to talk. Right? I you, love podcasts. I mean, I got the guys from uh, Bagel Boss in Long Island. I'm doing their fucking podcast Jesus about bagels. Christ. They they bagels. I, I just, I, oh, you'd actually be a good good guest on a bagel. Oh, podcast. I could talk bagels. Although you haven't really said anything to me. Do you not notice anything different about you're me? skinny? Wow. Well, okay. you told me before, but I, I thought that I said <laughs> you look good, Doug. You're like ah, I lost. I weight. am down like nine pounds. I have not had meat or dairy. Maybe a piece of butter. I have not really had meat or dairy in besides the screening where I had 40 slices of awesome pizza. I have not had meat or dairy in like 30 days. Is there a name to this diet? No, there's the no added sugar, no red meat, no uh, sweets. But what's it called? It's just called Doug Allen's diet. It's just Doug Allen's diet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And we should try to sell And it. I have to get back. Get, hey, yo, somebody grab that Instagram handle before Doug starts launching <laughs> another fucking alternate ego. Oh, I should do another diet <laughs> podcast. But I need to get back on the push-ups. My shoulder is killing me from my high-end pickleball life. I saw that. I saw but the clip. I saw the pickle oh, clip. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, and I was playing with this guy. You know this guy? This guy beefy you probably knows him. David <laughs> Dobrik. I mean, he's like a huge influencer. I didn't even know who he was. But um, he's got like I don't know, 400 million followers. Yeah, he's a huge YouTuber. How's his game? Um, he's definitely a tennis player. Um, so he, he's got good skills. He needs to learn pickleball, but he's pickleball. good. I mean, Does he go to good. the net? 
Uh, he was getting to the net. You know what? He's a smart kid. He'll get good. But, you know, but I was playing. I mean, these are 25 year olds and I just fucking. Yeah, and I played with Steve Bellamy's kid, too. Steve Bellamy, who's president of the Kodak, who got us our film. Uh, I played with his kid yesterday, who was like a UCLA Division One tennis player. So, right. um, but all the tennis players are coming to the sport now. I wish you would Pickle really start big, playing. Pickleball's big, man. Pickleball's big. All right. So, Jerry Ferrara is not going to be a regular on this podcast. Is that what I'm I, trying to understand? Well, I, once, I think once we get him in the family network, then we'll have him on. So, Connolly's we'll working deal. I think uh, what I want to say to the victory audience, harass Jerry. Tell him how much you loved him on the podcast. He knows how much he knows how, how I want them to tell him even more. They so, know. And he then knows. I, okay, let's talk about my birthday gift came in finally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, uh, gift. once upon a time in Hollywood poster poster signed by Leo. I mean, and, and, uh, that frame was not. Uh, I mean, yeah. That, listen, that's one that you wanna. That's one that you want to frame. And by the way, Doug, listen, come on. Well, you, you could dress it up however you want. If you don't think that any free thinking human being doesn't know that that was a shot at Russell Wilson, uh, that you're that you're going down the hallway and you're like looking for a spot for the <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood poster. I wasn't trying to be discreet. That poster's going in the garbage. That was a bazooka. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it's not like. I mean, that was a tomahawk missile. There well, was nothing subtle about that. I mean, first of all, let let's be clear. Like, can we hang it up here in Action Park? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got sure. your name on it. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's signed to me and it's got pictures of my my. Kids, oh, my kids with them. But anyway, by the way, like, I don't want to turn this into something like I have a beef with this huge star, but you know, it's only like a few years ago where we were like bigger stars than he was, or you guys were. And, and he was perfectly happy to ride off of some of uh, our stuff. So you were I, making me retweet his tweets. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, his boring tweets, but anyway, <laughs> I, right, I, well, I think you sent the clear message with the once upon a time in Hollywood. Listen, I, I have a small following, so he'll probably never, never see it, but that, that picture is going in the trash. You want it in here? It's going it's in there garage. because it is it's actually a personal affront to me to even be in my house I, right. i'm being serious like right. you gotta get offended every time you walk down the stairs yeah who the hell right. wants, who wants that, that? Who you wants know that and, and, and i also think the broncos are going nowhere that's my oh personal boy, opinion. oh boy all right all right so, so i i am i'm just gonna speak my truth i bust my ass to be loyal to people and when they are not the same i i, I dislike you them. take down their photos I take down their photos. I'm not trying to do anything else. I mean, I'm there's no photos of me on that wall. If I'm not on an entourage poster. I'm I took to down found. a couple of things after you didn't respond to the. Uh, <laughs> the, the after you uh, thought I was freezing actor. you out yeah. on the actor. Um, all right. Well, I'm I'm disappointed about the Jerry thing. I may have to go around you and talk to him. Please do, because it sounds like what it sounds like to me is you're like, listen, I can get Jerry another podcast, but no, that's not true because it's all the same thing. I mean, look, Bill, look at you know Bill Simmons, The Ringer, they're all over the place. The more, the merrier. Everybody's invited. I, I think, felt like Jerry enjoyed. I thought so too. I think when Dylan, I think when Dylan comes back, we invite Jerry and all four of us to uh, catch right, a podcast. But right. today, when we come back from the break, we went a little rogue today. We're going to answer some some voicemail questions from some uh, some entourage curious entourage fans after the break. Welcome back, Victory the Podcast. Kevin Connolly with Doug Allen and Doug Allen's furious. I take his intros. I love it. You love no, no. I'm not that didn't bother you. No, I was I was really thinking about like um, other stuff. How thin I am right now, and I gotta I, I gotta put on like. Eight pounds of muscle, muscle again. I got to get those push-ups going again. And the weights. I got, you know what I got, though, is uh, Oliver Trevino got me a climber. Have you seen the climbers? What is that? Which, um, it's, you know, um, it's a climber. I don't know. Yeah. what a It's almost oh, like a Stairmaster, but it's a, it's called a climber. It's very cool. Right, where it's like you're doing this. Yeah, but it's right. like a full workout. And um, 
I don't know. I'm very motivated to get in as good a shape as I've ever been in my like life it. as I'm, I'm aging. So yeah, we see LeBron on those things. On the climb, looks hard. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, it, it's a workout. It's I did like for LeBron, bro. I did like nine. <laughs> I did like ninety seconds yesterday, and I was winded. So it's weird. I, I, no, I mean that's it. That's it. That's a tough workout. It's a different type of thing. All right, yeah. this is uh, unconventional for Victor the Podcast. We've done it in bits and pieces, but let's let's give it let's let's give it a try. Scotty, fire a question at us. Ignacio Cortez. From San Bernardino, California, and I know every guy has it. Every person has it. I just wonder, what are your guys' guilty pleasure songs? You know, that song that you like, that you probably shouldn't, that you sing to in the car when you're by yourself and pretend not to care about when your friends are around. Interesting. I mean, I get the question. Obviously, we're not embarrassed about anything, but like, what's a song, like an untraditional song that like, if I were... To get in your car, go. That was that's kind of weird, Doug. What are you listening to? What what would be something that outside of the box, song wise, for Doug Ellen? So I don't. I, again, I'm I'm I, I am who I am. It is. I have no right. You're not embarrassed about it, but like, what would be no, a peculiar I'm not embarrassed song? About, but I honestly, um, if we're talking all time, like not all time, but know, like I you know, have been. You're since, Taylor Swift since I knew the it. pandemic loves, started. I think I love Taylor Swift. I, I mean, beyond an unhealthy love. Uh, love for yeah, Taylor Swift. I mean, she's fucking brilliant, but um. But my daughter gets embarrassed because I'll roll down the windows and I'll, I'll right, sing. It's so these yeah. last two albums, by the way. They're really <laughs> genius, and and I'm not a dumb music person. I know good music, and right. she's a she is going to go down as one of the great singer songwriters. I'm telling you right now, like a Springsteen type. That's how good this new stuff is. I'm not talking the old pop stuff, which I I'm fine with. These last two albums are genius. But when you talk about stuff, because I do, I'm a singer in the car, and I don't care what Dude, anyone thinks oh, about man, my voice. But, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh, there's I. Sarah's, you know, videotaped me and and sent it. But I mean, like, I'll when Meatloaf died. I mean, I went back to my uh, listening to Meatloaf and Bad Out of Hell. I mean, I could two blast out the tongue. Two out of three. I mean, but by the way, listen, not for nothing. I've done that. I can do that with karaoke. I mean, I've karaoke that song. Karaoke. I've done that song karaoke, and it's a tough one because it's like seven minutes long. Yeah, and you gotta really, really, you gotta really fully commit. That's yeah. but all right. So Meatloaf and Taylor Swift. I mean, there's so there's many. so many. I mean, there was right. a good story since we brought up. Mike Young earlier, like seven years ago, like Adele's 21 came out, I think. Right. And like, I just started playing it. And, uh, like, hello? <laughs> before hello. Oh. This was the one before. And it's that song, uh, Someone Like You. And right. I honestly drove around for like an hour listening to this fucking album over and over and over. And I called Mike. Trying to feel something? Yeah. And I called Mike Young, who's <laughs> like, you know, Mike Young is like a 6'2 boxer athlete. Mike Mike paces around. Mike's known for pacing around the house listening to sad songs. So I it's call. like his thing. Uh, by the way, I'm a big sad song guy. I just love to like Mario Speedwagon. Like sad music. <laughs> yeah, but it's even sadder than that. But so I'm playing Adele and I call Mike Young and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm embarrassed to say. And it was the album just came out. I said, what? He goes, I'm just driving around listening to this new Adele album. Really? And I said, that is crazy. So we were on the same page. But I, I love Taylor Swift. sad songs. I often will Google sad songs. I have um I have a list and and mixed uh, albums, playlists of sad songs. I listen, I love 70s sad songs. Yeah. Like, like I what? love Lionel Richie. I yeah. mean, like, Sail Endless on. Love. Oh, yeah. You know? It's weird. I can't picture, because you, you like a hip-hop guy. I don't picture you. I, yeah, no, to... that's what I'm saying. Listen, I, I'm super extreme one way or the other. I'm either like, you know, Tupac and like Fired Up Adrenaline, or I'm listening to, you know, you know I listen to, you know, uh, uh, Amy Stewart, Knock on Wood? 
You better knock, knock, knock on wood. I, I was listening that, to that today. I don't, I don't think that's said at all. That's not a sad song, but uh, it's outside the box. So I'll tell you, because but I, it's not a guilty pleasure. Because I'm like you, I don't give a fuck. I yeah, listen to whatever I want. Yeah, I but I do, the, I do like a little meatloaf, and I like a little Ario Speedwagon. But I will say one of and the air great, supply. One of, I was I was gonna throw in an air supply, but I, I really I can't listen to them anymore. I did back in the day. But one of the uh, cheap trick, the flame, is a very good uh, sad song. But so one of the great scenes in movie history, which everyone should check out, Albert Brooks, who you know was one of my influences that I wanted to be grown up. I wanted to write, direct, star in movies. Didn't happen, whatever. But one of the great movies of all time, Modern Romance. Have you ever seen this, guy? I have not. All right. So he eats a quaalude, which this audience is not going to know what a quaalude is, except for from Wolf of Wall Street, okay? But without drinking, for real, it was the greatest drug ever invented. It was a legal drug at the time, and I have uh, partook when I was younger. But the scene in the movie is... Albert, You're addicted to quaaludes? No, no, no. I only did it twice in my life, but it was it was great. It was like uh, it was like drinking 12 beers with no side effects whatsoever, as long as you don't drink. If Dogs you drink... on ludes. As long as... If you drink, you have the Wolf of Wall Street experience where you black out and you wake up and you destroy the fright. But, Fast Times Regiment High, people on ludes should not drive. <laughs> <laughs> so modern romance. Everyone needs to watch this one scene. Albert Brooks... He's depressed over his breakup with his girlfriend. He eats a Quaalude. Bruno Kirby from Entourage, one of my favorites, is his guy who gives it Offer. to him. Yeah, and and Albert Brooks, which is exactly what happens, kind of like uh, ecstasy. You you love everybody, and everybody just right. feels a little better to you. So Albert Brooks starts going through his, his Rolodex and starts calling women, and he calls this one woman, and she's like, I don't even think you remembered me. And he's like, don't remember you. I'm in love with you. What are you talking about? I'm taking you out tomorrow night. It's going to be the greatest date ever. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, next day he wakes up, he goes, he's got this date that he set up while he was on Quaaludes. He picks up this woman and he says to her as he gets there, I, I'm spoiling it, but it's from 1975. Sorry. But he, he picks her up and uh, he goes, I'm really sorry, but uh, I was on drugs last night. I barely remember you, but we're going to have a great time. Now she was expecting this love. Anyway, they get in the car. He drives around and Michael Jackson's she's out of my life comes on. It plays as he drives around the block and he pulls right back up to her house and he goes, I'm dating too soon. I just broke up with somebody. <laughs> and and it, it's just a phenomenal. The, she's out of my life. It's a sad one. Oh, it's a great song. That's a, it's a gut wrencher. Yeah, it's, it's a, a gut wrencher. What other questions we got, Scott? Hit us with something else. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Just a quick question for you, fellows. I was wondering when you had guest appearances on and uh, they were portrayed a little bit differently than how they act in real life. For example, Seth Green. If you ever heard a story of them having a negative encounter with somebody or uh, work with. Thanks, guys. It's a good question. Yeah, well, Dom didn't actually play himself, but, but he's he, called but Dom. But he's called Dom, and his name is Dom, and Dom's tough to miss. Dom's yeah. a very recognizable so guy. So he took a lot of shit after that episode, yeah. uh, the first one, and and he's one of the sweetest people like I the know. the nicest guy in the whole yeah, world. But he was walking around New York, and people were like, boo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember one time Dom and I were on the street. I bumped into him, like, leaving an audition, literally, <laughs> and he and I were just shooting the shit on the side of the road. We were actually both smoking cigarettes at the time, and you could, uh, people were like, People were fucking wigged out that Tom and I were standing outside smoking a cigarette. They were rolling down the windows like, "Get away from me!" They were screaming. So, um, but I, I don't, I don't know because you know he's very Seth Green is like um, Seth Green's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, and he don't give a fuck. But I would guess that he probably hears a bunch of shit. Oh, I'm sure he gets Jaeger crew, Jaeger crew, and tell Sloan I said what up. I mean, I'm sure he gets it. We worked on Entourage for two days. But uh, you know, on the good side, and Bob. Saget always said this to me. He's like, it opened up his career to a whole other generation of people right. that saw him in a very different way. Right. Um, so I, you know, the most negative thing we ever but got. But some back, people were concerned about it. What didn't Chris Penn 
Chris Ben didn't want to beat up Dylan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott Kahn didn't want to beat you up. That's it. Scott yeah. Kahn did not want Scott to beat Scott Kahn was originally going to play the Seth Green role. Well, not, he wasn't going to play but it. But that's what it was kind of based after. It, but yeah. Right. He's like, I don't even want people to think that it could be even be a fight between Connor. It was one of my favorite uh, Hollywood encounters ever. And now Scott is one of my best friends. But I'd never met him in my life. And right. we went to Dan Tanner's for But he dinner. was like kind of tap tone or tip, 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 right? tip tone around. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. And it's a funny thing, too, because Scott Kahn is not a big guy. Right. But he's a fucking animal. He's a and, black belt in jujitsu. But I mean, and he's, <laughs> I mean, and he's tough as shit. Yeah. So he's got the skills and he's got the mindset yes. of a guy that you really don't want to fuck with. Correct. I don't care how small he is. But the first time I had dinner with him, I didn't know anything about his skills or anything right. about his own personality. I thought it was funny. Right. Well, I just thought like, I mean, I mean, you're uh, okay. Maybe you could be Collie. Maybe you couldn't. But do we really like it's? I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like I'm asking uh, Lawrence Taylor to, right. to pick on him. But you were like, no, no, Scott Con will kill. Me. <laughs> well, I said, to, yeah, I mean, like Scott is a Scott is a is a, is was handy, always handy to have around. Yeah, right? I mean, let's face it, Scott's a good guy to have on yeah. your side. But but he didn't want to come off as a bully yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. like basically, I'll kill Connolly, and I just don't <laughs> want to give off that vibe that I that I'm capable of killing yeah. Connolly. Like yeah, that, it right? was really funny because Scott is, you know, Scott Con and Rob Weiss have this similar thing. They're like these neurotic. Jewish tough guys. Right. So they kind of have this weird combination of very tough and right. very like, like Scott is not scared of a 6'5", 240 pound man, but he's scared of germs on the fucking counter. You know, right. it's, and what was the Chris Penn story? Chris Penn. He just didn't. Uh, he, oh, I know what it was. He, he, he needed, he needed to be triggered a little bit more. He's like, this is not enough for me to be beating the shit out of Kevin Dillon. Right. Because if I beat the shit out of Kevin Dillon, on this, I would look like an asshole. Yeah. So have him throw a little more at me, so to motivate me to beat him up, right? Something like that. Yeah. So people were concerned, right? And a lot it was of a people, thing you people, know, we right? know, we know from the writers, like they they knew that people thought this show was was taken seriously by people, so they wanted to make sure whatever they want to portray. Like Saget was so great because he was like, I don't care what you do to me, right. except for don't make me poor. He said, but right. like Gagan, Stephen Gagan, one of the great screenwriters, wrote Syriana. I think he's an Oscar winner, or a nominee, nominee for sure. But he was like, you know, I just just don't don't say I get paid less than what I get paid because people and, will well, take in that. Gagan's defense, he said, I, he I'm pretty sure he said, like, listen, with all the humility in the world, oh, I just yeah. I just don't want people to think that I get paid twenty five grand a week. He was so well, nice about it. it? Well, 200 yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But I was. said, I'll bump your quote. Well, way let's out. go. Let's go yeah. 500. Yeah. Let's go. So, 500. But, but you know, yeah, I people are, but people were, people just very few people just said, I don't give a fuck. James Woods and Bob Saget, James Cameron. Cause I said to James Cameron, who told me a oh, whole this is story, a great one, right? But James Cameron told I maybe you were there. He but, just said my movie can't be a bomb, but right? he said that, um, at the Oscars, James Cameron said, uh, Harvey Weinstein, the animal scumbag that he is, Harvey Weinstein came up to Cameron and after he won for uh, 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 Titanic and said, hey, Miss James Cameron, Harvey Weinstein, friend of the filmmaker. And Cameron said something to him like, um, if you're such a friend of the filmmaker, why did you fire my friend off of whatever So and was? so he fired some stuff. He said that Harvey Weinstein tried to hit him with his with his Academy Award that I think he won for whatever, <laughs> for whatever he won for. Right. So it was literally like a fight. An and Oscar fight? Yeah. So so Mr. Sir Cameron, I really do res- right. there's not a lot of people I respect more than James Cameron in this business or love or idolize. And just or, and again, he did us a solid. I mean, he, was awesome. he did us a solid, right. but he was also, you know, I've talked about this a little bit before, but I had dinner with this guy and I was listening to him talk about things that I was just like, I, how, how can I think I should be in the same business as this guy? I cannot do that. He's a genius. I mean, he is. So, but I said to him, would you mind saying 
fucking Harvey at the end of that scene. And I was very nervous to say it to him, even though he told me that whole story. I'm right. like, now I'm crossing a line. He goes, oh, I'll say it oh, I can't second. wait. I'm happy to say it. Yeah, I'm happy so. to say it. But also, side note, before we take the next question, James Cameron also called Duggan in no uncertain terms that no movie of mine can be a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote and a he, letter. And he's right. Yeah. Do you still have that letter? You, you know gotta, By the way, you've got to just find that letter. Just make a thing of it and find it, dude, because it's going to be worth something. There's no doubt that I have that letter somewhere. Lucas, save that. Have that for Lucas. But that's an NFT. I mean, this is, I'm being it's serious. It's an NFT. I'm serious. Let's sell it. We'll this put it in the is, lobby. This is a page, handwritten letter from James Cameron that I, to this day, do not know if he was, I know he was I, being I, serious, well, he but speaks, he went into and, such detail. And he's right. Of course and he's he was right. right. And, and it changed the course of the now show. Now, let me ask this, and I know this is weird, and we're going to get to the next question. Do, do you have like, like there's things missing in my house, but I go like, if I really emptied out this area or like I could zero down, like it's buried, but it's over in this. Do you have a general idea where to begin to look for I mean, that? I mean, I believe it's in the garage. I believe it's, right. you know, it's definitely not in the trash heap with I'd Russell like Wilson's the, jersey. It's, right, it's not hanging with <laughs> Russell Wilson. But I like the way I like to go through your garage. Oh, you probably some, got some gems some in there. Treats. I got I got the Ari paint gun in there. You yeah. know, which, uh, Let's hang that in the office. I mean, we could, listen, I, I if I thought it was safe here, because by the way, that's just sitting here. in the garage? Coming to action part, yeah. Scotty, what, what, no, it's at the fucking, uh, the, the Smithsonian. <laughs> like, where's I mean, it going to be? I don't know. I would, I would hang that. That's like iconic. It's hanging. No, it's hanging in my garage. My garage is like a gym. No, what happened was. It's where when I'm on the climber, Truthfully, I look at it. I, I've had to do that too. There's some things that like you don't have the wall space for, but you don't want to just stick it on the floor so you hang it in the garage. I got things hanging. I have, I mean, I have, um, my garage is like a gym. So I have a bunch of, of jerseys that I care about in there. J.J. Watt and yeah, uh, Tavares listen, is in there. Shane, you know? Shane O'Brien was like, yo, Cons, where's my jersey? I, said, I hate to bring it to you, but it's in the garage. Now, that's that's not to say if I get a bigger house one day, if Ramble On takes off or Action Park Media and I have a bigger house, you can make yeah. it. But currently, he's in the garage. It's really crazy, though. I legitimately do not have a let's, spot. Let's, let's, let's yeah. make this a thing. Let's find that letter, bro, because you should just have it. But Okay, moving on. Scotty, next question. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Tyler Mendelson, your favorite Marine Corps veteran filmmaker film festival um, winner so my question is, is for the final season and the transition to the movie uh it always kind of bothered me that the whole season we're focused on sophia lear and vince getting with her he ends up marrying her and then suddenly we transition to the movie and they're divorced within a day so i was wondering if that was a creative decision or did she just like decline signing up for the movie or like how did that work thanks guys Thanks. This guy Tyler's amazing. Yeah. I love you, Tyler. If, if he so wasn't nice. a Marine, though, he's criticizing us. No, I think or he, me. I, no, I think I, he, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He wasn't criticizing you. He said it. It what bothered him. Yeah, it bothered him. No, no, no. He didn't say the storyline bothered him. What bothered him is that the storyline just boom vanished, and he's like, "Why did that storyline?" All right. Happen? So, which is a good question. So, to sum up Tyler's question, we did season eight. It's there's a lot going on. You're trying to tie up. It's the end of the series as we know it. And you're tying up this relationship where Vince is going to run off and do the Hollywood marriage thing. Right. Yeah. So two things. I thought the show was over. Right. Okay? Like never, ever to be seen again. When we ended the show, even though, you know, I've I mean, talked about this a little bit of the movie or whatever. I didn't have really any nothing. of those pipe dreams. Right. I was making two other shows, which both did not get picked up, right. um, but I was making two other shows. And honestly, like, 
it just seemed like the perfect ending when 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 they flew off in separate planes. I just thought it was the perfect ending. Right. And, you know, I've talked about this on this podcast before, but I was going to kill Vince and I was going to do it in a way that I thought was going to be emotional and shocking. And it was probably the wrong move. But Mark Wahlberg said, let's have lunch, which, you know, Mark, Mark was the best producer ever, but he didn't often read a script and have comments. But he said, we're going to make a movie. We're going to make You a- don't kill Vince, right? Just like say why they were going to kill Rock Stallone at the end of Rocky Five. I mean, they killed they, uh, James Gandolfini at the end of Sopranos, I think. Well, well, but that's what I'm saying. The point is that you never knew until later. But yeah. whatever. So I, I guess. So, but anyway, I, I the show was over and that was it. When we came back for the movie, what I at least tried to spend my time on, which I still, again, I don't think the movie, financially, it was not overly successful. It broke even. So well, it's also, the, too, what most people don't know about the movie is that it was financially not an expensive movie. Yeah. It was no, like, blockbuster. We did that at a very, very, very reasonable price. Yeah, but, uh, you know, unfortunately it didn't, you know, blow up critically right. or or box office-wise. But uh, as I've often said before, our test screenings were off the charts and our exit polls were off the charts. We had the highest exit polls of the weekend, which means those who did buy a ticket walked out and got a survey and they said, what do you think of the movie? We did better than the movie Spy that opened the same weekend. Whatever that's worth. I'm not making excuses. People don't like it. What I was trying to do with that movie was get back to the vibe of season one, which I thought was people's favorite or season two when it was the guys. And I didn't think having Vince tied down, married. Yeah, you need Vince single on the boat having fun party. That's what right? I thought. Right. And also Alice, Alice Eve, who's amazing. It became a giant movie star. Her career like trip, took right. off right. In, while, while we were sitting on our ass getting pilots not picked <laughs> up. She was blowing up and uh, she was she was not available. But honestly, and I love Alice. If she was available, it would have been a, a small thing. It was also based on reality, and I forget who it was at the time, but some star had run off to Vegas, got married, got married and got divorced in three days. So, I mean, and that's what it was based on. Anyway, Tyler, thank you for your Good service, question. not for your criticism. Hey, this is Woody in Buffalo. I have a question. Uh, what was E's favorite car to drive during the show? Okay, well, that's a good, that's a good question. Quick one. Quick answer. The Aston Martin. Light years. I mean, uh, I always thought the Maserati was a super sharp looking car, but in terms of just getting in the car and driving it, I mean, I think the Aston Martin, no offense, Maserati, the Aston Martin blew the doors off it. That was by far my favorite car. A couple of things to to get going on there. I mean, um, we had so many amazing cars and my favorite, I know I didn't get to drive it, but I did because they let me drive it off camera, but the Porsche Panamera was the greatest right. freaking car ever. But I just want to say one thing, which I'm hoping Conley actually found this out because he was supposed to, but since that call was from Buffalo, greatest post ever from the Buffalo Sabres the other day. So anyway, since this call is from Buffalo, I just have to give a shout out. You know, Conley and I are diehard Islander fans and everyone's always asked, well, how do you have allegiance to other teams? Not, I don't have allegiance to other teams ever, but when we got when a new people guy like that we us, like on the Buffalo Sabres, that's for sure. Matias Samuelson. I mean, they posted it the other day and we will show it on our social clip, but he's got his sport jacket. Well, they have to wear suits, yeah. right? You have to be in a suit from when you're walking into the hotel or the team bus or whatever it is. And he whips open that, you know, that inside pocket. And he's, he's got, a, he's got, a, he's got all the entourage what's posters. The, what's the Inside, what's the interior of your suit called? What is that called? The inseam. The, 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 no, it's no, not the lapel. No, no, the lapel's on the outside. I think it's Whatever the, it is, the inseam flashes the lining. <laughs> he opens his suit and it's all entourage shit. It, and with quotes, I mean, it was It, it was, was really awesome. awesome. We got to we gotta show a picture of that. And we got to give a shout cool. out to him. And if the Islanders aren't going to win, I hope the Sabres will win before the- Well, they're you know, out of it as well. I understand that. But I mean, next year, if the Islanders aren't going to win, which this season was a disaster. But I, I just want to say- when nice. We, yeah, but when we get criticism, when you see a young guy, and then 
then we got a, a tweet the other day from the uh, the coach of the Minnesota uh, NCAA team. The, what are they? The Gophers, I think. You know, Didn't just like it. he's going to take some time off after the season and watch his favorite show, Entourage. It just, it, it does. It, it makes me good. feel really good to think we've been off the that air. That suit was next level, though. That suit was, that suit was next level. But 11 years we've been yeah. off the air. So when oh, people are talking about it, and I think hopefully they're going to talk about Ramble on soon. Here go we on. go. Hey, this is Patrick from Albany, New York. Uh, big fan of the show, guys. Big fan of everything, the pod, everything. Uh, my question is, since you and Conley are such big Islanders fans, how come there hasn't been or wasn't uh, more hockey players or any Islanders players on the show? Um, just wondering. I always like the athletes you had on there and being from New York. It was great to see a lot of New York guys. So, um, once again, big fan. Thanks, guys. You know, Lou Lamorello runs a tight ship. And uh, if I'm being totally honest, I wonder if I, I think Lou Lamorello might not like me too much. I don't think he might be. I don't know. You know, we've we tried, we tried to get a couple players. We've been shot down by PR and that kind of thing. And, you know, we did victory with the Bud Light, right? You know, with the, with the Rams, right? We're good enough. Action Park's good enough for the Rams. Why couldn't we do something like that for the Islanders? So I don't know what's going on. Behind Whoa. closed doors, I, I didn't know like, anything about this. Feel like the Islanders are maybe distancing some, themselves from me. By the way, the Islanders, if you're not mad at me, sorry, but I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm getting a little silent treatment. You're pulling a Doug Allen on me. What do you got? What's up, guys? This is Chris. What's the Lou on Instagram? Huge fan of the show. Huge fan of the podcast. Uh, and I've put together a massive amount of entourage trivia. So I want to ask you guys a question and see if you can get it right. I don't want to so, work. You're terrible at this. One, what say. song was playing at the club when drama? dumped Tanya, his masculine girlfriend. You know who Tanya is. What song was playing at the club when he dumped her? I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm sure you can look it up. I'm not even in the conversation on this one. I'll be honest. I have no... I, I remember... Sorry, sorry. Sorry to cut your trivia question off, but I, I, I don't, I know he's talking about the muscle girlfriend, right? Where it's like, look, look, at yeah, these, yeah. look at these guns. Well, I got to tell you, you know, Ali Musica, who you know, was like my right hand on the right. show. And a lot of songs that, let, let's say, again, I picked at the end of the day, but if I didn't... Do you know the song? I do. I think I do. Right. I think I do, but it was definitely her pick. But that's and, a, and I don't think he was knocking the song. I just no, think no, it's, no. Like an, it's I, an I obscure question. No, 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 no. I'm shocked I, I, that by you the have the way, a guess. By the way, I was not... Um, you, you have a tendency to do that. I was Am not I saying I don't you? like the you song. You feel like I'm gaslighting I you? like the song. I was just going to say, some of the picks that Allie made to go into scenes that I remember... Clearly, it stood to up this to that day, guy. The Doors at the end of uh, where you guys are sitting on the beach in season one, right. which is Peace Frog. That was Allie. Change by Blind Melon. I don't even remember where that went, but I loved it so much. Um, fake Plastic Trees. Do you have an answer for the trivia question? I believe I do. I believe it's Toxic by Britney Spears. And if, if it's a song where Dylan's dancing, which is one of my well, favorite moments. Well, when he breaks up with her, he does entourage. break up with her on the dance floor, right? I mean. I don't remember. Right. I just remember yeah. Dylan dancing to that song and everything about it was hilariously right. perfect. I'm, I'm shocked you have a guess, but you do. Toxic. I want to throw one out there. Hotel California by uh, no, Eagles? Gypsy, Gypsy Kings? No, oh, yes. It's in Spanish. We, yes, we did use that. Great one. I couldn't, tell you, I couldn't tell you where we used that. Oh, wait, no, I could. We used that on the balcony at the end of Chateau Risk. Marmont. That's right. Yeah. Before we go off to Columbia. Before we go to Columbia. Before we go to we'll Columbia. We'll be coming up on that episode, and then we're going to get into Medellin, which is going to be fun, and we'll get Reese back in here. But all right, Doug, you pulled out that trip. I would have never in a million years thought you. Yeah, I, uh, thank God they're not asking about writing because I don't remember any of it right, anymore. It's interesting. To toxic from Britney Spears. Also, too, for, throw, I, I don't even know that that's a guilty pr pleasure, but at any given time, you could hear Britney Spears blasting out of my You car. should watch Dylan. We should put that in a social clip. Dylan dancing to Toxic. I don't know. I said this. At 
Dylan on the podcast. I don't know what he's doing because he's a, he's a good dancer, but it's so funny. I don't know why. Dylan's got rhythm. Yeah, but he's it, but well, somehow he's, he's, he's acting, also bringing bro. comedy he's, he's to it as well. He's, he's he's a, it's comedy dancing. He's a genius. It's a shame him and Jerry are not here. I got to be honest That's with it. you. You're stuck with me. <laughs> What's up, Victory guys? This is Ryan from uh, actually Los Angeles, <laughs> California. I just have a question about for Dylan and Connolly. Oops. Sorry, is there Doug. any scene in particular that you could remember as an actor that you were nervous or like uncomfortable, like a huge monologue? Do you remember that scene? And how, how did you prepare for that? Did you get a coach? Um, what was the rehearsal like for that? So obviously, but this is, I want you to weigh in on this. So I, Obviously, you know, that's that's kind of a loaded question. There's there's been a bunch of those, but one one thing that jumps out at my mind, and it's funny because it was not a monologue, and the, we had very few lines, and it was when um we did the can episode. And uh, you know, if if you remember, we pull up on the red carpet, and you know, at this point, the show wasn't really over there. People didn't really know who we were. The production team uh, pulled off a miracle and they were able to get us on the red carpet to shoot. But we literally, it was the Ocean's 11 or 12 premiere, whatever it was. Um, and they basically said when George Clooney or Pitt or whoever leaves the red carpet, you guys have 90 seconds. We'll hold everybody there for you guys for 90 seconds to do the scene. So we knew we were only going to get one crack at it. And I can remember sitting there in the, we're like getting out of the car. And as we're getting ready to roll, I was looking and my hands were shaking. Wow. My hands wow. were literally shaking. Cause I'm like, I just don't want them. It's like, it was so big and it was, there was so much at stake. We literally flew halfway around the world and there was two lines and I'm just like, I, I couldn't, it's funny. Like, what did I, what did I do? It's, it's one of maybe the few times in my life that I've meditated. Wow. In the sense where I was like, just breathe, close your eyes. But I was, I was like shaking. I just didn't want to be the one to fuck it up. And then the curveball was, which we'll get to with all the guys in here when we cover the episode. We were there earlier in the morning rehearsing on the red carpet, but we rehearsed and there was nobody there. When we actually got out of the car, it was so loud that you couldn't hear, we couldn't hear each other's dialogue. So it was like, then it became a lip reading thing. And it was like, and, and honestly, when it, then it ended, I'm like, I don't, I don't think, I don't know that we got it. I was a, I was a fucking nervous wreck. And by the way, two things. It's amazing. Incredible. The scene, the way it looks. Right. Mylod, right? Yeah. Mylod. There yeah. was cameras everywhere, but my, it was, my so our, our director, Mark Mylod, who does succession, shameless, is like probably the best TV director in, yeah, yeah, in, top in the world. For right? sure. Yeah. But, um, and, and he's going to do the podcast at some point. What I love about doing this podcast, a couple things, we decided not, to call it the entourage podcast and i love that people are calling up and calling us the victory guys now it's it's nice and hopefully this will morph into ramble on which everybody check out that podcast next Jesus. we'll get into more details the weird thing is Conley still thinks it's like um, a battle even though rogue it, he's on it it's action park media and it's the, the thing show i like thing. about ramble on is that i can go back to my roots where i'm i'm just funnier when i'm in the booth good well because i'm um, we'll because i'm making comments and you don't even know that they're there it's just way easier I, I to like take it. shots at but you. what i want to say about this podcast is which is why it's been so great as close of friends as I've been with Dylan Connolly, Jerry, hopefully will be a regular on here. I learned things about these guys that I really, I'm being very serious. You didn't know that? I didn't know you have ever been nervous in a scene ever. Like that. It, it's, it's not, 
listen, scenes are contained, yeah. right? And when you're on a show, particularly you're one of the leads of a show, I'm not worried about blowing a line and having to go back as long as I'm prepared as an oh, actor. So you were like, but I was like, this, this is just so much at stake here. And yeah. there was so much. And it was not like a, hey, we go back to do this. We had one shot to do it. And I just got caught up in the moment. And I remember like looking and I was like, if you looked at me, you would see my hands shaking. That is, I, I, had to, I had literally to, look at that. I now. had to put my hand, I had to put my head back and literally like, can you see any of this Three. in the scene? No, 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 no. Head? Once I got out of the car, I, right. the adrenaline hit me, but we were literally waiting in line, right? We were like, they stuck us in a line and like whoever's getting out and then our, the car pulled up and it was just like, at that point, the adrenaline kicked in. It, so, but it, Dylan tells the story where Dylan, if you remember, he's with the girl Dylan in this one shot that we get, one shot. Dylan's got to scale a chain link fence, <laughs> run across the street, catch up with us, hit the line. So many things could have gone wrong. And it was fucking perfect in one take. I mean, it's so awesome because it reminds me, and we had Rob Weiss, who, you know, was a writer and executive producer on the show and uh, was the basis of the Billy Walsh character since we were just talking about him. But Rob, it's hard to imagine this, but he makes this little movie called Amongst Friends, which everyone should check out. It's a real Long Island It's a legit thing. indie. It's a legit indie, and it really is like a real look at how we grew up. And um, he makes this movie, becomes the hit of Sundance. He's 22 years old, just like Billy Walsh. And he becomes this big star. And Barry Levinson, who at the time is the biggest director in the world, puts him in his movie, Jimmy Hollywood, um, with Joe Pesci. And as an actor playing himself, Rob Weiss. And he has to do this scene, which like you just explained, is this really long tracking shot where 40 different things have to happen. And then it comes to you. And then it comes right? to Rob Weiss, who's never acted a day in his life. It's a two minute shot, blah, blah, blah. Keeps going, 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 going. Rob blows his line. When it lands on him and he blows the line, yikes. And Joe Pesci goes, I guess this is going to be a long fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how do you function after that? So you guys, you had the stuff at the Laker game where you couldn't yeah, hear each other talking. This, was, this was different, bro. This was different. You're we on were, the red carpet. I, I've seen the Joe, George Clooney was on the carpet. Yeah, Angelini I mean, and Brad Pitt on, on the carpet. The fuck, everybody that you, that you ever saw and you, that you ever knew in your life was on this carpet. And it just like, there was the other thing too, like Entourage, we were kind of an indie kind of a show. But at the, in the back of your head, like there was, a, there was tomorrow. Yeah. If some disaster, we didn't get something at the earth cafe, like <laughs> we're going to come back and get it yeah. at some point. Right. This was like, I don't know. The pressure got to me and then sitting in the car waiting, we were like waiting in line. Like we were real, like we were being treated as if we were really in a movie. Right. Right. So it was like this car. And then just like, there was just like dead silence in the car. There was like a walkie talkie of somebody like cueing us like, all right. And it was just, it's really yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, a great it's story. Cool. And it's also to think about the idea in France, nobody knew what entourage was at that right. time. The stars on that red carpet had no idea who you guys right. were. And we had paid paparazzi to act like Vince was this big Dude, star. They were handing out <laughs> headshots that said Vincent Chase. So they could all, all the paparazzi, all the uh, foreign paparazzi could be screaming his name. It was that nice. is a great episode. Great I mean, episode. I can't wait to get into deep diving that. Dude, episode. Once we, we we're, you know, season three and then, but when we, when we get into start season four, episode one, you know, uh, uh, welcome to the jungle and the Medellin, it's going to be great. Well, I love we're it. So, well, it. I, Anyway, the last thing, as I said, learning about these guys, I mean, Connolly did the uh, entertainer podcast with our girlfriends and uh, he said I was his best friend. I, I mean, said, you said it. I no, mean, I, I heard said, it. I, I said, heard it. It made I me said, uncomfortable. No, nah, I said what you said, which is the same thing. It's like at a certain point, like it's that that doesn't even not even the word. It's uh, like you we're said brothers, the words. Unfortunately, everyone, yeah, you know, everyone like, can hear it. You said it. I, I actually yeah. said we were brothers, not best right. friends, but you said yeah, we were best yeah. friends. No, so they, I, no, they, if you want, we can get matching tattoos. I was misquoted. I was misquoted. All right, we'll be back. Victor, the podcast. 